The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Shopping for the best e-commerce tips, tricks, and techniques? Looking for better ways to push your product out of your online store? Watch your shopping cart overflow because you've found the e-com experts. The e-com experts show you what you need to know to be a successful online retailer. Learn their search marketing strategies, their web marketing wisdom, and their calculated conversion measures. Please welcome the host of Ecom Experts, Shauna Siegel. Hello, hello, and welcome, everybody. We have such a great show for you tonight. I am so excited about our guest. Let me tell you, um, you are going to have so much fun. Okay, so if you're listening to our live show, today is Monday, February 7th. If you are not in our chat room, you need to get in here. Just go to the top of webmasterradio.fm website. We have a great room of people in here. Let me tell you, the room is rocking. Um, you can listen live, you can chat with friends, and really, you are going to have a great time, especially tonight. Tonight, you are going to have a very good time, and you are going to learn so much. Let me tell you, you are going to learn so much, because our guest today loves to share education, and you know, he's one of the few speakers that whenever I go and see him, I cannot write down notes fast enough. My hand hurts at the very <laughs> end. My cheeks hurt because I'm laughing and smiling so much. Um, he is just that awesome. So please help me in welcoming our guest, Rob Snell from Gundog Supply, from author of Yahoo, starting a Yahoo business for dummies, and also known as Sexiest Man of the Year. I cannot uh, forget that. Hello, how you, Rob. How are you doing? I am wonderful, wonderful. How are you? Oh, I'm freezing down here in Mississippi. It's like 42 degrees. I can't believe it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, 42 degrees. It's like negative something here in Michigan. Come on I'm having now. to wear socks, you know. <laughs> I can't believe it. You're complaining about 40 degrees. It's just, that's crazy. That's crazy. Well, how you okay, get? so you got to tell me, where, where have you been doing lately? Because you have been doing some awesome speaking, and I've seen you in some great articles lately. So what's Thank been going you. on lately? I don't know. I've been doing a lot of speaking in some different shows. I've got, I'm coming up. I'm doing something at PubCon with Brett in, uh, in March, and then I'm speaking at Conversion Conference. Uh, Tim Ash's uh, great show that I went to as an attendee back uh, three or four months ago, and then uh, he invited me to speak. So I'm going to be doing that. I've been writing in. For Search Engine Land, I got a new column that comes out every four weeks called Retail Smarts, and uh, Elizabeth is cracking the whip on that, having a good time with my fellow columnists. And I'm still doing stuff with Yahoo, and I'm still, you know, still pimping my six-year-old dummy's book, and you know, having a good time, selling some dog collars. <laughs> wow, wow, I love it. But but what's really great though is that when you do these speaking engagements, I mean, you put so much into the education. I mean, ha you know, normally you've got these speakers and their slides are like 10 or 20 and you've got like 100. Yeah, it's kind of like drinking <laughs> from a fire hose because they're like, okay, well, you know, they, they give me 30 minutes or 45 minutes if I got a keynote, you know, to download everything in my brain that an online retailer needs to know 
in this very, very tight window, and I'm finally accepting the fact that, okay, maybe they'll invite me back or maybe I'll be speaking at some other venue so I don't have to tell everybody everything every time I speak. So I'm doing a better job of, of uh, you know, I've only got like 112 slides in my current deck right now. Only 112. Okay. Well, we're going to pull all of that out in the next hour for our listeners because we have a lot of people here so excited. And I see Chris Malta even joined. Hello, Mr. Malta. All right. So what are the SEO mistakes that you're seeing that retailers are typically making time and time again? Well, point it back at me a little bit. These are also mistakes that I have made in the past. I've been doing this, you know, online since, since 97. And, I mean, I really got into search engine optimization back in the, the hotbot, you know, InfoSeq, uh, you know, web crawler days, um, you know, before Google even, you know, came on the scene. And so when I talk about mistakes that retailers make, I'm not, you know, pointing a finger at anybody. You know, they're, they're uh, you know, three fingers pointing back at me saying, you know, I've made these mistakes. But the main thing that I see folks uh, make mistake-wise is they're not, retailers are not looking at the right numbers. When you're looking at your search engine optimization efforts for an online store, I think you need to look at revenue numbers, not just rankings, not just traffic from Google and Bing and Yahoo. You need to look at what keywords and what pages are actually driving revenue to your online store and measure those pages and those keywords and focus on those and not get so caught up in the, hey, I'm not number one for this specific keyword phrase extremely important and and you even talk about you're doing like your navigation based upon revenue as well absolutely I've heard you talk about that as well yeah it drives me nuts I mean you know I'll have a keyword phrase that the revenue per visitors is $20 in sales for every new person that comes to my website using this really specific keyword phrase I get 20 bucks and then I'll have another high traffic phrase it only generates, you know, 20 cents in revenue. And I see people concentrating on these higher traffic phrases, these more generic phrases. And, I mean, they can drive a lot of traffic to your site, and they will drive some revenue. But as an online retailer, you kind of got to pick your battles. I mean, there are only so many pages you can optimize in a day. There are only so many keywords that you can chase. And if you prioritize your life by revenue, you're going to do so much better. Mm-hmm. Now, a great question that we're getting asked, and I think it's a great time to ask this too, is, Rob, what tool are you using for tracking conversions? Well, I'm running both uh, Google Analytics and Yahoo Web Analytics on my Yahoo stores. My good buddy Mike over at Monetus has got um, this this little tool that, that integrates with Google Analytics to make it work on a Yahoo store. And there's so much more information that he's able to provide that um, that you can't just get out of either one of those packages. So that's why I run both Yahoo Web Analytics and uh, Google Analytics. But I, I got an email the other day, right after I sent out the email about, hey, I've got this new article online at Search Engine Land, this new column, which is why we're talking. Um, mm-hmm. You know, somebody was like, how do, you, how do you track converting keywords? And I was like, oh, my God, are, are, do we still have to talk about this? You know, it's like you, you go in your analytics and you look at the, at the keywords that are driving traffic to your store, and in Yahoo Web Analytics, you actually, you know, can, can pull a conversion report and show, you know, the converting keywords where you have a dollar amount that's tied to a specific keyword phrase. You can see how many people came to your website on which search engine, you know, for that specific keyword phrase. And, you know, just today to think that people don't know how to track that just oh, makes my head hurt, you know. 
Well, I think the problem is people are, they go into Google Analytics, they go into Yahoo Analytics, and when you first go in there, it is overwhelming. It is, it is. And, but it, it, and you know, ahead, so it's like, yes, it's, it's easy, but, you know, I think we look at it, we're like, well, you just do this, and it's real simple. But for somebody who's new, or they're in their first couple of months, or even first time just going into the software itself, it's it's... It's overwhelming. <laughs> it is. It is. And in Google Analytics, you know, when you're looking at these reports, you can just click on that e-commerce tab, and if everything's set up right, you know, you're going to see the dollar amount that uh, applies to, to the keyword phrase. But um, one of the things that you need to look at, though, as a retailer is how many visits does it take for somebody to come to your site and buy something. If you have a shorter buying cycle, like I'd say 90% of the retailers I deal with, they're getting the, you know, a person comes to the website, 50% of the folks buy on the first visit, Another 30 or 40% of the folks buy on the second or third visit. You know, your analytics package is actually going to do a really good job of keeping up with what that original keyword was that got somebody to your website the first time. And that tells you, okay, well, I need to optimize for these keyword phrases because you can say that is the keyword phrase that generated the revenue, you know, for the sale. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, it's it's important that you're looking at this data because the data will help you make informed decisions. And I think that's what people need to understand, that you will make informed decisions. So what metrics are you using to, like, really measure your SEO? And, and, and how are you prioritizing which pages and keywords you need to focus on? Okay, well, that's, that's really good. What um, the, the thing I used to look at back in the day was rankings. I used like web position goal back in the, you know. Oh, yes, I remember. I used ago, it too. You know, <laughs> I, I found a report from 1999 the other day just like in an old box, and it was just awesome to see, you know, all these old search engines that have kind of been, you know, gone the wayside. Um, uh-huh. But, you know, that was the first thing, and a lot of people do that. They ha- either hand-check their results by, you know, going to a search engine and typing in their keyword phrases, or they use some sort of automated, you know, uh, keyword ranking position tracker, and that's a good place to start, you know. Um, but if that's all you look at, you're really selling yourself short because it's not just about rankings. Um, the second thing I, I say is, is like, you know, go in and look at your um, at your analytics and look at your converting keyword phrases. And if you have a long buying cycle, if it takes people more than three or four visits on average, you know, to to um, to come to your store and buy something because you sell something that's got like a high price point, you know, or whatever. Um, look at a different metric. Look at the amount of time that the visitor spends on the page. You know, time on site is a great metric that's parallel to conversions. You know, if the average person for a converting keyword phrase is on your site for 20 minutes, then that's that's almost as good as a conversion for some folks. Mm-hmm. And then the the other thing is, we, once you drill down, you're going to see that some keywords are more valuable than others. And I look both at you know quality metrics as well as quantity metrics. You know, quantity is like how many visitors are coming to my website, you know, with this converting keyword phrase. But the quality side of the equation is how much revenue per visitor am I getting? And so I would much rather take a $20 or even a $10 revenue per visitor keyword phrase and build out content on that, build links on that, optimize the page for that, and maybe move up one or two spots than to obsess over some of these really broad one- and two-word phrases that I see a lot of people kind of getting stuck on, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're not doing them any good. All right. So 
can you give us an overview of how you can optimize an online store? Because, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, I, I've been doing, <laughs> I've been doing a lot of video reviews, and and I'm sorry if this totally messes up your numbers. But when I go into, when I start doing a huge thing on content and about content, right. I always like to use your store as a as an example oh, because you know, you, I mean, you really know what what's how to do it and. You know, the content on your site is absolutely amazing. Okay, I you, think it's pretty good. I don't think it's amazing. I think we do an adequate job. And in our industry, you know, I think we're, you know, one of the top retailers in, in the hunting dog supply niche, you know, as far as creating stuff. I really appreciate that. But we're still, you know, we look at our site and we go, oh, man, we got so much work to do. Steve and I were just talking about that a minute ago. Um, and every time I do like an interview or have a, an article come out, it always just kills me because I get you know all this traffic to the website that totally screws my numbers up for the day, you know. So, so you know, hopefully we're not testing anything this second. You know, hopefully Whitaker's you know going to pull back on the handle because he knows I'm on the radio today. But um, one thing that I didn't get to a second ago, as far as like you know, when you're looking at your numbers, I had a, a really good buddy of mine who gets he probably gets five to ten times the traffic we do on his website. He's not a client. He's just like a, a fellow Yahoo store owner. He's a great SEO. Um, but he just, when the May Day, uh, when the May Day update happened last year, he lost 15 to 20% of his traffic. And he emailed me and he, and, he, and this was, I covered this in the article. Um, and it, what we kind of came up with changed the way I look at my SEO metrics. And he was losing 15 to 20% of his traffic from the shift, uh, in, in the, uh, with the May Day, uh, algo change because it seemed like big brands were picking up on keyword phrases where the modifiers weren't even on their page. Like Google was like going, okay, well, this has got a brand term in it. I'm going to throw it to the, to the manufacturer, not you know, to a retailer who happens to have a well-optimized page. He had 5,000 of his best converting keywords, and he, you know, I, I'm assuming, automated um, to check the rankings on these. And he lost, you know, overall, he lost no positions. You know, his, his rankings were still real solid. But yet he lost 15 to 20% of his traffic. And what we were able to figure out is that most of the traffic loss was on long-tail terms that he wouldn't see because they're really, really specific you know, keyword phrases that not a lot of folks are looking at. Mm-hmm. And we changed the way we looked at SEO metrics. Instead of looking at keywords and instead of looking at visitors to a site using keywords, we actually used entry pages from Google. And so on his site, we measured the number of pages that had received Google traffic both before and after May Day. And we were able to see what pages actually lost traffic. And from that, we were able to figure out what to do, which was, you know, you want to beef up the pages, the, the links point to the, those pages. And so, sometimes you've got to cut them loose. You know, if, if a page isn't, you know, performing for you, um, you don't want to spend a whole bunch of time on it. Mm-hmm. But we found out that most of the traffic loss that he had was from, you know, these longer tail phrases, uh, more obscure, and most of those were not converting. So it really didn't hurt him too bad, you know, in May Day. And ever since then, you know, Steve and I have been looking at at the entry pages from Google, and that's a good way to measure um, your online store and say, okay, what pages should I be working on? And instead of working on all your pages, focus on the pages that are in Google now that are driving you both traffic and conversions, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so here's here's the thing, though we know how important it is 
And and maybe we should do a quick break before we get into this because I know right. that this is going to be a long answer. So okay. actually, let's do that. Let's All go right. ahead and take a real quick break and don't go anywhere because we've got some we've got some more great stuff. I like I tell you, Rob Snell gives out the goods when he comes on, and and that's why it's always best if you see him in a conference, go check him out. You got to do this every time you see an article, go read it. But right now we're going to take a real quick break. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Ecom Experts on WebmasterRadio.fm. Time to check out our sponsors. Ecom experts will return after this. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. It's time again to make your plans to be at SES New York 2011. SES New York 2011 makes its way to the New York Hilton March 21st to the 25th. SES New York 2011 will feature over 70 sessions, over 100 exhibitors, and networking opportunities with thousands of marketing and search engine optimization professionals. SES New York 2011 will start with a high-profile opening keynote from Yahoo's principal research scientist, Duncan Watts. Thursday, March 25th is the Online Marketing Summit's All Things Digital Best Practice Day, which features a full day of premium breakout sessions. Don't delay. Come to SES New York 2011. March 21st to the 25th inside the New York Hilton. Register right now at searchenginestrategies.com and get 20% off your registration when you use promo code WMR20. Register right now at searchenginestrategies.com and use promo code WMR20. Are you ready to get LinkedIn? We're rocking the world with LinkedIn. One show at a time. Join your fearless leaders, Mike and Lori, as they reveal insider secrets, chat with other LinkedIn gurus, and answer your LinkedIn questions. For those about to get LinkedIn, we salute you. This is your chance to get inspired and use LinkedIn to help you rock the world too. Rock the world with LinkedIn. Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. You're back with the Ecom Experts, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Shauna Siegel. Welcome back, everyone, and we are here with Mr. Rob Snell, not only the sexiest man alive. Yeah, it's true. Go look him up. No. Uh, but also author of Starting a Yahoo Bit Small Business for Dummies and also with Gundog Supply and Speaker and, gosh, Congress, too. Am I right? Yep, I'm running for Congress. No, no we spoke in front of uh, yeah, something. I did. You I did testified on our behalf for all search marketers telling Congress to leave their grubby paws off of, uh, off of search marketing. It's, it's yes, working just fine. Exactly. Let's don't mess with it. 
Yes, don't mess with it. Don't mess with it. Okay, so here's here's a question for you, and I know you've got I know you've got good answers about this. Um, and we're talking a lot about this um, all week long on Webmaster Radio. Um, we were talking about this last week on Ecom Experts uh, about content, 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 content. Google makes another algorithm change having to do with content. How can online store owners create that compelling content? Man. And unique See, content. A, basically, download your brain into your online store. As a retailer, you know more about what you sell than your customers ever will. And you forget how many cool things you know about that solve people's problems. And my brother does a great job of this. He basically says, you know, what are people emailing me, asking me about that the website's not doing a good job of educating them about? Okay, I need to make you know, a paragraph about that, or I need to write a review about that specific uh, you know, problem or that specific solution and put that on, on the website. And you know, one thing that we do sometimes is we'll go around the warehouse and, and we'll start with our best-selling product, and we'll say, okay, um, what about this product does a customer need to know to be able to, to know that it's going to solve their problem so that if they buy this from us, this is going to make their problem go away. And we'll outline that, and from that we'll get ideas for reviews. From that we'll get ideas for buyer's guides. We'll get ideas, you know, can you demonstrate it? Um, it's awesome to be able to make a little 30-second product video. We get a lot of traffic on the, the few videos that we do have on Gundog. We, um, we, get, uh, we get a lot of traffic to those videos and, and a lot of conversions on the pages where you have a, a product that you can demo when you have a video, you're going you're gonna to have a much higher conversion rate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I know that you sit with your brother and ask him all kinds of questions. I do. I do. I, I lock him in the room, and I won't let him you know, take a smoke break or go pee until he finishes his content. And, you know, <laughs> that's just what it is. We turn the tape recorder on, and we just start talking. And I, I ask dumb questions. I ask him questions because I am not a dog training expert. I am not a hunting expert. I have a dog, but I am not a dog expert. And so I can ask him questions that he just rolls his eyes sometimes and he says, you know, I can't believe you're asking me this. But, you know, I grew up in the family. I went hunting one time. It was, you know, 15 degrees. We got cold and wet. I'm like, I want to go sit in the truck and eat sausage biscuits. <laughs> I don't understand this. Get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and go out in the freezing cold, you know, to go. We go by Wendy's and pick up a chicken sandwich, you know. Uh-huh. And so they, the family decided pretty early on, it's like, okay, well, Rob's not going to be the uh, – He's not going to be the hunting brother, so you know maybe he's got some other skills. Unfortunately for me, I, you know I got the marketing gene and the uh, and the creative graphic design guy gene. Uh huh. But, um, <laughs> but you know it's like we we when it comes when it comes to creating content, you know you have to be the expert. And if you're not the expert, you probably have somebody working at your office uh, who is a product knowledge expert, and you need to download their brain. And if you don't have that person, you don't need to be selling stuff online if you don't know a lot about what you're selling. Very, very true. Uh, you know, it's so, uh, we talk to people and it's so interesting because it's like, well, uh, what are you selling? And then for a long time there, it was uh, wedding favors because right. uh, they were they were listening to somebody or learning from somebody who was so successful selling wedding favors and right. they were going to be successful selling wedding favors too, but yet they knew nothing about wedding favors, but they were going to be that successful. Yeah, and I just, you know, Steve and I were talking today about getting to another product line, and I was like, you know, do we really want to get into that? Is that something, do you have, you know, street cred on this specific 
you know, new thing. And, you know, we decided that we didn't. And so I think we tabled that. So you want to be real, you know, I'm, I talk a lot about gun dog supply and that we sell training supplies for hunting dogs and that we sell dog tracking collars and dog training collars. And, you know, sometimes I'm going, man, I'm giving way too much of this info away. But the reality is, is that these are very low margin products. And I'm not that worried about, you know, my competitors figuring out what I'm doing. Because if you look on my website, you can see what I'm doing. And if you're, you know, a super SEO, and there's some people in the chat room who scare the hell out of me, you know, SEO-wise, their knowledge, you know, compared to mine, you know, I mean, there's some SEO geniuses in there right now. People that I go to PubCon to listen to them speak about SEO. I'm, I'm not an SEO. I'm a retailer who does SEO. I'm not worried about those guys coming in because, like I said, the margins on these things are so small. It just happens to be the business that I grew up in and that my family was in selling training supplies for hunting dogs. I mean, they'll make a lot more money, you know, with mortgage loans, I mean, you know, the cost per click on uh, and, and, the, and the total traffic going to some of these sites. I mean, this is a really, really, really small niche. You know, hunting dog training supplies is, is a small niche inside the slightly larger niche of dog training supplies. And so that's one of the reasons why I can give away a lot of this information. But you were talking, you know, earlier about, you know, creating content. We've had over $10 million dollars in additional sales, and it's closer to like 12 or 13 now since the last time I ran these numbers, Mm. over $10 million in additional sales since my dad passed away and my brother and I took over the company and changed the way we sold online um, just by increasing our trust online with our customers, establishing rapport, and writing all this compelling content. And it's really, really good for SEO. And, you know, I throw that number out there, and people are just like, oh, my gosh. But, you know, in over six or seven years in sales, that's not that much compared to, you know, for, for most, you know, medium-sized businesses. But it's enough that, that retailers need to be serious about and, and come up with a content creation plan. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, we've got a couple of great, great questions in our chat room here, um, right. you know, especially from um, talking about Yahoo stores. Does Google rank more off the description field content or caption field content? Because browsers can't see the description field contents on category product pages. Great questions about the Yahoo store. Yeah, and it's, it's a great question and something that the description field hasn't always been there. And it depends, you know, it depends, are you using the, you know, the version three templates out of the box, or are you getting somebody like Shauna, you know, or, or another Yahoo store developer to customize your templates, you know, where are they putting that code? And so, you know, for us, I have, you know, on my category pages, which I, I call section pages, but it seems like everybody in e-commerce calls them category pages, I make sure that I have 300 to 500 words of unique content, you know, in addition to my thumbnails and links of the, of the products in that category. Um, you want to have content on those pages. But for me, it's the title tag. Whatever is generating the title tag of your page, to me, is if you had to pick one tag on a Yahoo store, that is the most important tag. And in most Yahoo stores, that's either the name field or the page-title field. Mm-hmm. Does, that, yeah. does that make sense? Am I... Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. And for those brand-new, out-of-the-box stores, you know, that description field is supposed to be uh, for that meta tag description, but it really doesn't tell store owners that in a, in a clear and concise way. It's very, um, 
it's kind of confusing the way that they put that in there. Now, Married Geek has a great question as well. Um, although Married Geek has to call me Shauna from now on instead of Jackie. I love you. I'm sorry, but you gotta you gotta say the right name though. I love you. All right. So my wife and I own a small wedding video uh, videography business. Can you ask Rob if the strategy is any different for a service based business? Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, actually, it is because with a product-based business, you know, you're going to have shopping keywords. And so, you know, if you're not in Yahoo, in uh, Google products, in the past year I've noticed um, on most of our queries now, especially the really specific uh, shopping keywords, um, Google's pulling, you know, either three or five thumbnails from, from, uh, from Google shopping and either, you know, listing a specific retailer's product or, that one skew for all the retailers who sell it. So if you used to have like a number four or number five listing on a keyword phrase, you were okay. You were on, you know, on a normal browser's um, screen, you were in the first, you know, within the first screenshot of results. But now because of this, you know, the changes that Google's made to its layout, it'll have, they'll have three pay-per-click ads above the first organic, and then you'll have like the first two or three organic listings, and then you'll have the shopping results, and then maybe below that the video results. And so number four or five, you're pushed way down the page. Mm-hmm. And so there is a big difference between optimizing, you know, for a shopping business and, you know, and, and a service-based business, just from that alone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So, all right, what do you recommend that e-retailers or, I'm sorry, retailers do first when it comes to SEO? Because that's a big question. It's like, okay, I've got my store open. What do I do now? Well, I would I would say if you're a brand new retailer and you have absolutely no idea what your converting keywords are, you better you know get a Kevlar vest and a and a bulletproof helmet and a big machine gun because, I mean, you're wading into a a battle you know to get your your pages ranked. You need to pick one you know really small sub niche of your products and say, okay, well I'm an expert about you know this really specific group of products. I'm going to develop some content about this specific group of products. I'm going to feature these products on the home page. I'm going to go out and build links um, to these interior pages um, using the keywords that folks are using to buy what I sell and not focus on, you know, 50,000 different keyword phrases. Focus on 10 different keyword phrases. And the same thing applies to, to existing retailers, folks who already have an online store. You need to look in your analytics and see, what subcategory pages and what category pages um, buckets of keywords around a specific group of products are driving the majority of your site's traffic and revenue. And from that, you can get ideas for creating buyer's guides for every single category in your site. If it's generating any revenue at all, it needs a buyer's guide. Every single product launch, every time a new manufacturer comes out with a new product line, and a lot of folks launch products every single year, you need to write a buyer's guide uh, and a review of this year's products, and put that on your website. Um, does that answer both of those questions for the? It for the does. New folks? It does, and it and it all comes back around to good solid content. Yeah, and content, you, content, content. You prioritize your content based upon the revenue um, that it generates for your company. And somebody posted in the chat room a good thing, or the revenue that you you think it should generate based upon the volume of traffic and interest that that keyword phrase gets. So you can sometimes, you know, build, you know, kind of build something for anticipating an increase in, in search engine optimization traffic, you know, for new product lines. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, let's do this. Let's go ahead and take another real quick break. And if you have more questions for Rob, post them in our chat room. You guys are asking really great questions. I love the questions you're asking. So let's keep it going and learn some more about SEO and e-commerce because those two things got to go together. All right, <laughs> don't go anywhere. You're listening to Ecom Experts on WebmasterRadio.fm. Time to check out our sponsors. Ecom Experts will return after this. Our clients have earned over $1 billion. Now it's your turn. With over 20,000 products to promote across a huge variety of niches, ClickBank provides countless ways for any affiliate to make money. You can promote any product immediately. No contracts required. Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is AdMedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. State of Search, your home for the latest search marketing news and views of the world. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the International Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. It's time to start jamming and spamming again with the princes of PageRank, the heroes of HTML, the sultans of search, SEO rock stars, Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on webmasterradio.fm. You're back with the Ecom Experts, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's Shauna Siegel. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Rob Snell, gundogsupply.com, and... We got some great questions in our chat room. All right, so let's start with a question from JLM, who wants to know, at what point does Google penalize for repeating keywords? For example, when I'm putting in um, a phrase matching long tails on a product, I might put bullocks light, GPS car tracking, GPS dog tracking, GPS fleet tracking, etc. Oh, I don't know why they're asking me, because I'm not Google. You know what I mean? And anybody who tells you exactly what Google's going to do is, is, you know, 
either they they are you know a former employee or something like that, or they're making stuff up. But I mean, there are some things that are you know you don't want to repeat keywords over and over and over again. If you especially if you have overlapping um, keyword phrase like one of those was GPS, the modifiers in there. Let me let me scroll up. Hold on. I was looking at it in the chat room, and then it scrolled off the screen. But basically, if you already have GPS tracking in there, if you're going after long-tail terms, you don't need the, you know, buy cheap uh, Garmin GPS tracking for hounds. You know, you wouldn't need to have the, you wouldn't need to repeat the phrase in there if all of those little nuggets were repeated somewhere on the page, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it, you bring up an excellent point that nobody knows for sure what Google is going to do, and they're not talking. And, you know, you see all these interviews where people are desperately trying to pull this information um, out, out of Google whenever they're interviewing. I mean, you see it with Matt Cutts. You see it when they're, uh, you know, trying to talk with Mr. Page. And, you know, I mean, it, it's like they're constantly asking these questions and they're not giving it up because then, of course, spammers are going to use that information and right. they're trying to keep some of that. But I think what really helps uh, as far as what helps is really to look at your content and to read it out loud. And I think that that's extremely important because when you read it out loud and you feel like you're stumbling and repeating words way too often, you know, <laughs> yeah, you no, know you've gone too far. Yeah, and if it's not in the way normal people talk, you know, visitors aren't going to be able to read it anyway. That's a really, really good rule of thumb to use. And you just need to pay attention to what these guys say that they're going to ban you for. I mean, you know, in my book I say you need to buy links. You know, because buying links works. Buy links with the exact anchor text that you want. And then, you know, two, three years later, they come out, you know, against paid links, saying that if you do that and you get caught, they're going to, you know, take you to Google jail. And, you know, so you don't want to do that. You don't want to do things that are against their terms of service if you're not willing to live with what they say they're willing to do to you if they catch you breaking them. But i got to be honest. I mean, I have had – I know of some competitors of mine who have passed hand checks for doing things that I would never, ever, ever think about doing. You know, I mean, I, I, they're they're uh, they're doing like widget widget spam. They have multiple splog networks where they basically take an article and they spin it and they and they put it on, you know, five or six different WordPress blogs that they from that were from domains that they reclaimed, you know, when somebody forgot to renew their domain and their old you know domains. Um, they bought a website that had absolutely nothing to do with what they're selling, and now they repurpose it into an online store. And I know for a fact that these have gotten hand-checked by the powers that be, um, and they passed. And so it tells me sometimes that maybe we're not pushing hard enough, you know, in what we're doing. But I'm just, I'm so afraid of, of getting shot that I, I'm, you know, going to keep, you know, projects that are making my mortgage payment, you know, I, I'm not going to push them too hard. Mm-hmm. You know, what's, what I think is very interesting, though, is you do have, I, I, I like to say SEO is like dieting. You keep seeing these fads, like yeah. the South Beach diet or yep. the Atkins yep. diet, and there's all these fads, buying links, not buying links, no follow links, you know, follow links, um, you know, page link sculpting. I mean, these are fads just like there are in diets, but really, if you stick to the main the main part just like dieting if you you know eat less work out and more, exercise more yeah i mean it's it's the same thing it's like and there's some guys in the chat room and they're saying some very valid things 
about, you know, about Matt Cut saying things to throw off the spammers. But the reality is for most of the folks that I'm talking to, the online retailers, not superhero SEOs, okay, not the super ninja guys, you know, who are competing in super, super, super competitive niches. For most online retailers, um, the things that he has to say, it, it's very much true. It's like if you need to create compelling content, a reason for folks to come to your site and look at what you have to offer, and then you need to have competitive enough prices and, and give good customer service to where you have a good online reputation so you can convert those visitors into buyers and build a relationship with them and keep on selling them stuff you know, from now until the end of time. And he has a lot of good articles on creating content. I actually did a transcription on my site of a thing he did. I can't remember if it was at Blog World. I had one of my transcription guys actually type it up. It was so good. It was basically, you know, seven, 17 different things you need to do um, to get your blog to rank. And most of that content applied to online stores. This is why I stuck it on, on robsnell.com where I've got a bunch of other, you know, free content for, for online retailers. But you just, that the, was the URL I was going to ask you for. Thank you. I, I couldn't remember which site you had it on. Thank you, yeah, thank it, you, it, thank you. Okay. Yeah, we've got links in there, to, you know, to all the stuff that he talked about. And basically, I, I can read so much faster than I can listen to a video. Um, you know, I was going to look and see. Yeah, if you go to my site and then in the search box, I think if you search for Matt Cuts, it'll uh, at robsnell.com, it'll come right up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Straight first one from is, Google, what you yeah. need to know? Yeah, and that's got... That's got his okay, video, got video, so you can play that. But it's also got the transcription, and I, I marked it up pretty good, so it's pretty easy to read. Um, but in that, I don't think there's anything that he's telling people that's, that's trying to trick folks or, or throw you know SEOs off the scent of what they're doing. Um, but at the same time, you know, you need to take everything that somebody you know who works at a search engine says with a grain of salt. I mean, it is coming from somebody who doesn't want to give away the keys to the kingdom to some of these super ninjas, you know, over here in the chat room who, you know, they're, they're looking for loopholes, and they're really smart dudes. And, and it's, I mean, you know, the the folks are some of the smartest folks I've ever, you know, had the pleasure of hanging out with. And, mm-hmm. I mean, there are all kinds of things that you can do, and Google's always fighting the evil folks, the black hat folks, but there's stuff that's kind of in between, you know, black hat and white hat. And it just really just depends on your comfort level and are you willing to, you know, deal with getting banned. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been doing this for 13 years. I've had, you know, probably close to 200 domains that I've done stuff for that we've owned and I've only gotten banned once and that was from for whystore.com got banned from Yahoo believe it or not <laughs> about nine years ago yeah, yeah. I have some affiliate links on there yeah, we won't even go to that we'll, no. we won't go there that's ridiculous no. you know absolutely ridiculous especially because you used it to help educate yeah, Yahoo think, store owners you think but uh, the people in Yahoo search are not the people at Yahoo store so I'm sure that's what the problem was but, um, yeah, but, uh, uh, yeah, but you know, to, but this is so important though because, like dieting, there's so many store owners that yeah. want to take, um, they want to go to the their local, you know, uh, what do they call them, vitamin shop or right. GNC, and pill. say, "Give me a magic pill yeah. that's going to help me lose 50 pounds and, by next week because I have a reunion to go to." Retailers don't need to be cheap. You know, if you're only willing to pay $500 a month for an SEO, you deserve what you get. You know. Um, I've got a revenue share deal with several folks that I do the SEO for, and so I get paid based on the, the amount of revenue that comes you know, from search engines and from pay-per-click and from email marketing to their websites. And that's one of the best ways you know, you, you're going you're gonna to pay for what you get, but you get what you pay for, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? All right. 
Let's go ahead and ask another great question because this one is really, really good and I think I understand what he's asking, but um, how does Rob use the keyword space and description space in the Yahoo Store Editor? And I think more importantly, um, what you're being asked is, do you use meta description and meta keywords with your Yahoo Store? Yeah, absolutely. I try to write, I try to hand write a, a meta description for, say, my top 200 uh pages on a Yahoo store, mainly because those are the words that will appear, those are the phrases that appear when somebody does a search on Google in the snippet. Most of the time, if the keywords that the customer is looking for are in your meta description, it will actually show the content from your meta description. So it's really important to write a nice snippet there to entice people to go ahead and click on through um, you know, to your website. So as far as you know, the meta description the, it depends on how your Yahoo store is set up, but I believe in the in the version three, you know, off the shelf, the description field generates that that tag for you. Um, as and far as keywords got, go, I'm sorry, go now? ahead. As far as the keywords field go, I still do that, you know, from back from Bruce Clay School back in the day, you know, I still mm -hmm. you know do that, but I don't think anybody's using the keyword anymore. So I mean, that may just be uh, you know an old you know. It's my, my gills and my tail from, you know, the dinosaur days showing up. Yeah, I still leave mine in there and put them in there, too. And, and you know, and it's nothing overboard. It's usually only maybe two or three keyword phrases in there. It's very focused, you know, because right. we want to try to focus, focus, focus. And, and um, but you know, I, I don't know. It's dinosaur days as well. I'm just thinking maybe, maybe just maybe they're looking at it, you know, and um, we've got people talking about, you know, they hate writing product descriptions and you know what? You just got to do it Write Five day a day. Yeah. Five and, a day. And take a product and go, what, you know, what are three things that a consumer needs to know about this product that, that, you know, to make a decision on whether or not this product is going to solve their problem? I've got a list of over 200 questions that's my, kind of my top secret, you know, gravy sauce, whatever, um, that, you know, Steve and I will run a product through. And, you know, you'll see it on my slides sometimes. In some of my presentations, I talk about some of the things that are in there. But basically, you just walk folks, you know, you walk a retailer, as it, this is the SEO in me talking, you walk your retailer through each product starting with your best-selling products. Don't start at the A, start at your best-selling product and work your way down the list and say, what are three things I need to know about this product? And once you get that guy talking, you can tape it. Um, you know, you take that, you know, that uh, digital recording of that and you send it to somebody to type it up in a transcription, you know, and you just pop that into your caption field in your Yahoo store and boom, you've got unique content um, on that product page. But and if you can't afford transcriptions, there's, there's these recorders now that come with Dragon Naturally Speaking. Absolutely. Absolutely. Half my dummies book was written on, you know, five years ago with Dragon Naturally Speaking. So, and I, today it's, it's tons better than it was back then, which is a fantastic way to generate, you know, unique content. But unique content alone is not enough. I got an email today from somebody freaking out. You know, half their Google traffic's gone um, from, the, from January of last year. And, you know, they have all these, you know, theories about why, um, why they think it's it's happening and all that you know they're saying well maybe it's the Yahoo Store IP addresses or it's the lack of the uh, you know the the document type is not updated it's not the most current version of the doc it's not it's like Google's not getting to those pages that are deep 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 down in their site because they don't have enough links pointing to the homepage they don't have enough page rank on their site to to uh, trickle down to their you know deep 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 pages and so you have to make decisions when you're a retailer. You know, what are you going to emphasize in your navigation? How are you going to structure your site 
to where the page rank gets to the most important pages. And the best way I've found to do that is called revenue-based navigation. You know, you look on my sites and you'll see the run-of-site navigation is pointing to the categories and subcategories that generate the most revenue. And I don't care if it's, you know, Aaron's Aardvarks is the manufacturer. They're not going to appear in my sidebar at the top unless they're generating, you know, 1% of my sales or more. And so that's just a real easy way to decide, you know, what's going to get links on my site. Another thing, Shauna, that, um, that we did was we take our best-selling products and we make like a, you know, a best-sellers page. And I don't do this on Gundog as much as I, I used to, um, but on like newer sites, I'll take their top 100, you know, best-selling IDs and dump them in a contents field that um, uh, that's one uh, click off the home page. So, and sometimes I'll even put it in my run of site navigation. Mm-hmm. So that's just another way to you know to get to, to help know. bring it up. Okay, yeah. married yeah. guy, Mary geek. I think had an aha moment. I think in our chat room. I don't know if you noticed this, but he says I'm assuming that selling fewer products via drop shipping or whatever with good internal and external linking and good product descriptions is better rather than having thousands and thousands of products. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we, we drop ship some products. I'm too much of a control freak, and I'm an old-school retailer. I grew up in retailer. I mean, we have a you know 12,000-square-foot warehouse to where we have the products in hand. So when somebody calls me at 3.55 and I know UPS is coming in 10 minutes, I can get that $99 order out the door um but we use we use um probably four or five different drop shippers as our backup so when we're out of stock on something and that's awesome the fact that you don't have to buy inventory the fact that somebody else is you know um, they're charging you for it but they're actually you know maintaining the warehouse and the person able to stick that in a box i mean drop shipping is um a very viable uh way of doing retail um as far as focusing on a product niche i think you should focus as tight as you can um you can't be all things to all people. There's no way that I could ever want something that would compete with an Amazon where you've got, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of products. Um, and why would you need to? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I only need enough. For, you know, I live in Mississippi. I don't need that much. I don't have to sell billions of dollars worth of stuff to be able to make it. You know, I think retailers should focus on what their area of expertise is because there's only so much value you can add to a finite number of products. Absolutely. And you see these stores, you know, new people where they think they have to sell, you know, oh, I I can put, you know, 50,000 products in, so I'm going to put in 49,000 and there's no way I can do this, but then, but I have to subdivide everything. So we're going to have categories that go eight deep and there's the product, but hey, I've got 50,000 products and it should work. Right. And that, that drives me nuts. I mean, I'm, you know, oh, I've been dealing with those folks since Yahoo stores came online. You know, I mean, I seem to get, you know, one a month. You know, and I, I know you deal with probably a hundred times that many folks. But I think even with drop shipping, you can find a niche inside, you know, one of these drop shippers, something that you know a lot about, and you can use keyword tools to find out, you know, if there's enough demand online, you know, for you to be able to make a living selling this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And now another quick question that we had: Do you prefer and and a good? I think you already answered it. But what about like affiliate marketing? How do you feel about that? I used to do pretty well back in the Yahoo directory days when the, you know, which that tells you a little bit about how long I've been doing this. You know, I could make a site that would rank really, really well in the Yahoo directory just off the Yahoo directory listing. And, you know, I wasn't making a living off of it. I was making really good beer money off of all my affiliate sites back in the day. And then when Google came around, it seemed to be like the tricks weren't working as much. And that's when I switched over to, you know, okay, I actually have to be creating, you know, great content. 
And like we were saying you know, saying earlier, you know, it's like if you don't have anything that you can add, if you're just using tricks to rank or, you know, temporary loopholes in Google, um, you know, you better watch out because it's like things shift back and forth so much. I think when you do more generic, white hat, vanilla optimization built around great content, things don't shift around as much. Mm-hmm. And, and I think also, like, for somebody like you, this is your – you, you and your family's main source of income and Absolutely. your own, you know, this, this is it. This is your baby. Uh, and so you don't have room to play. Right. And we don't, there's not enough time in the day. Steve was pitching me on this new thing that, you know, he, he um, was wanting to get into. And it's, it's like if he gets into that as a hobby, then I think we have enough street cred for us to do it. But I'm not going to just sell something that's somewhat related to hunting and what we do um, I just don't have enough bandwidth to, to, to do what we did on Gundog Supply over the past 13 years in another you know brand new niche where we don't really have a lot. We're not exactly sure what folks are looking for. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, I think people need to understand that as well for themselves. <laughs> know what you're getting into. And, and don't, get into, don't get into a new store just because you heard that it's doing well for somebody else. Right, you or just do because right. your keyword research shows you that, you know, gosh, they're paying $10 a click and there are 50,000 people a month searching for, the, you know, this keyword phrase. You know, you've got to be real careful and put your baby toe in there. But at the same time, you also don't want all your eggs in one basket. And so, you know, I'm a little nervous sometimes based on, you know, we get, you know, 80% of our organic traffic from Google, which is about right percentage-wise, but still it's so much traffic that, you know, when Google, you know, is jumping all around, you get a little nervous. And so I'm mm-hmm. fortunate enough that we have, you know, two or three different businesses. I mean, you know, we sell dog supplies. But we also sell a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, some through the Yahoo store stuff, we have some local businesses that have absolutely nothing to do with the Internet. So if the Internet goes away, we've taken some of our profits from the internet and actually use that to to um, you know beef up our brick and mortar businesses. And I advise online retailers don't be dependent on any one channel, any one supplier, any one keyword, any one search engine. It's just good business to diversify. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that is what we really need to understand. Um, I think we've got time for one more question. So um, I'm going to go ahead and get Ryan's question. Could you ask Rob what he looks for when choosing a revenue-sharing relationship with a merchant? Yeah, somebody who'll let me sleep till noon and won't call and wake me up. Perfect answer. Somebody who's aware of my lifestyle where um, – and I'm, you know, I've only got two or three really, really solid uh, revenue share clients right now, mainly just from I don't have that much time in the day, and I'm not looking to develop a huge staff to to do tons and tons and tons of uh, tons of work. You know, um, that's one of the reasons why I do a lot of teaching is because I feel guilty when people say, "Hey, can you, you know, can you work for me?" I'm like, "No, I'm kind of retired these days." But I think <laughs> you can partner with other good SEOs. There are good SEO folks here in the chat room. There's some Yahoo Store developers I know that do that do revenue share uh, agreements with folks. Um, you know, just poke around and ask. But you want a relationship. You want, you don't want this to be something that you do with somebody that you've only you know swapped emails with, or you know you you know that they have a website. You know, you want a relationship with a developer. Go to trade shows. You know, meet um, if you're if you're an SEO, go meet the manufacturer. Go meet the retailer. If you're a retailer, go to SES. Go to SMX. Go to PubCon. Go to Conversion Conference and meet you know, the people that you're going to be doing this with. And then, you know, you develop a relationship over a few months and all of a sudden, wham, you know, you may have something that's working. 
Absolutely wonderful. Rob, once again, you just light up all of our lives and give us such great education. And I'm being told by Beth to please bring you back a lot. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Beth. <laughs> no, don't so buy me a beer. Buy me a Diet Coke and a honey bun. If you see me in a show, that's what I need, you know? Yeah, yeah. You need to not wait so long before you come back to us. Yes, ma'am. Well, you just, you just give me a holler and let me know. I'm trying to work about four days a week now, you know, trying not to work on the... Uh, Try not to work Try on the weekend. Trying yeah. to take more vacation. I'm getting old, you know? I'm getting old. I gotta, oh, I don't Lord, burn don't out, say that. Know? Don't say that because I'm like right behind you. So don't oh, say that. Oh, man. I know these kids, these whippersnappers are coming up, you know, these billionaire teenagers. You know, I'm like, oh, man. I've been doing this 25 years now. Yeah. yeah. My Twitter feed's at robsnell.com, and I, I rarely tweet, but when I do, it's usually a pretty good link. It is. It is. And make sure you go to searchengineland.com. Check out his new articles he's writing. Um, they're absolutely phenomenal. I've got one right here. Um, I'm going to put into the chat room. You can go to on Twitter. It's Rob Snell. And tomorrow on our blog at blog.onechoiceforyourstore.com, I will have links to all kinds of good stuff, all Rob, all day, all the time. And also we'll put up the links for the rebroadcast of the show. So thank you, everybody, for being here. Really appreciate it. Don't forget to sign up for the New Life event, newlifeevent.com. It's the end of the month, 30 webinars, one weekend, and it's all free, all free, 30 webinars, one weekend, end of February. So sign up for that, and I will see you all next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Bye, everybody. Bye.